back from the brink time. I'm Todd Brinker. Erin will be joining us in just a few minutes once she gets the radio station rolling on to the next shoe. After we're on in the morning, I think the station goes to a, a national feed with, I think, Stephanie Miller or something like that. So uh, she has to get everything switched over and, and, and playing properly uh, before she can join us on her commute home. And so, um, yeah, lots of stuff going on today. Um, you know, it is hump day. So we're halfway through the week here. Um, obviously the big conversation, uh, yesterday and, and continues today in the news is, um, the, uh, Derek Chauvin trial and his conviction, uh, on all three counts. Um, it, there was, uh, and, and it's interesting because, you know, most of us aren't attorneys. We don't, un- we, we don't spend a lot of time parsing the difference between, you know, manslaughter one, manslaughter ter- two, murder one, murder two, murder three, manslaughter with special circumstances. There's all these different ways of defining when somebody takes somebody else's life, and it all boils down to, um, you know, or the variations boil down to, you know, intent uh, the um, and the um, uh, way that that came about. You know, was it accidental? Was it done through negligence? Was it done intentionally? Was it done with forethought and planning? Um, was it done with um, uh, race or religion as a motivational factor? I mean, there's all those things play into how you categorize it. It struck me as a little odd that they that they um, that he was convicted on all three counts because each one is defined slightly differently. Um, but maybe he met the criteria for all three. I didn't sit and listen to the entire uh, case. I was not in the jury listening to all of the information. Um, now, as I understand it, when they go to to um, uh, give you your, your jail time, they only base it on the worst of the uh, convictions. So, like, he was convicted for the same action for three different things. They can't... Um, convict him for all three because that would be like a double jeopardy type of thing so they take the worst one which i think has a maximum of 40 years is what i remember reading and so he he will be uh sentenced uh for up to 40 years because that was the the most severe of the three convictions that he got for that one action that he took um and so i think that's how the law works but again um you know uh if i'm wrong i will you know uh stand corrected because uh it's not how i make my living is is uh you know knowing the ins and outs of specific laws in states that i don't live in so um anyhow um you know i i think that uh unfortunately some of this stuff may be called into question because of threats that were made by maxine waters um i think you know that the left needs to own up to the fact that her speaking out prior to a conviction and threatening violence was just as inappropriate as, uh, you know, President Trump speaking out and, and, and threatening violence if he didn't get his way in the election. And, you know, if, if he was, if you felt that he was uh, out of line and, and to blame for having people march on the Capitol and, and, and attack the Capitol building, then you've got to hold her equally um, culpable for the comments and, and conversations that she had. People on the right and people on the left are behaving incredibly badly, and some of these people are elected leaders, and it's terrible. Now, 
part of it is is uh, you know I I had I'd read um, that that the Maxine Waters I mean she's close to eighty if not eighty, uh, and and Trump is in his you know mid seventies. Um, you know, these are people who have been saying inflammatory things their entire life and, and not being held accountable for it. And I think it's time that we tell people, you know, you're going to be held accountable for saying things that inflame crowds of people to behave bad. This is just like shouting fire in a theater. You guys need to be um, uh, muzzled, basically. Yeah, I mean, we have freedom of speech, but when you're an elected official, um, you, you're held accountable for what you say. And I think that uh, it's a, it's high time that we we told our our elected officials they need to start behaving like uh, professionals that are working for the people and not, um, you know, uh, flame throwing all the time in in every case. Um, I'm I'm just getting so tired of hearing the right bark about the left and the left bark about the right. I'm fed up with it, um, and uh, you know, and it's it's getting irritating when their conversations flow over into things like, you know, my health care. You know, I don't want politics in, in and this is, uh, you know, right out of Bill Maher's recent commentary. I, I don't want politicians and, and political infighting having anything to do with my medical decisions. I don't want any influence there. I want just, just give me the facts. Give me the inf- information and I can make a decision. I don't want any spin. Spin has no place in medical decisions. Here's Eric. Are you there? I'm here. Hey, happy Wednesday. It is Wednesday, by the way, not Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be clear. So um, before I forget, who performed the first heart transplant? They actually made a movie about him. I'm going to say DeBakey. His name was Dr. Christian Bernard. Oh. Dr. Christian Bernard. And, And I think... If I'm incorrect, I, I'll, I'm checking right now. Um, he died of heart disease and wasn't able to get a transplant. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. So, um, so DeBakey did some. I, 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 he did. He was another famous cardiologist, right? And and I don't remember exactly what he did, but he did one of the first of something. You know, um, I don't remember what it is. So. And I'm driving, so I can't look it up. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Christian Neving Bernard was a South Afri- African cardiac surgeon who performed the world's first human-to-human heart transplant operation on the 3rd of December, 1967. Uh, he transplanted the heart of an accident victim into the chest of, of uh, a gentleman. Okay, so uh, unfortunately, the gentleman died 18 days later of pneumonia. Uh but uh, they said that was largely as a result of the anti-rejection drugs that suppressed his immune system, so he wasn't able to fight off the infection. That's always a difficult thing because you open somebody's chest up and they're and you're you're exposing them to you know possibly horrible infections, and yet you're transplanting something into them, so you want them to have anti-rejection drugs. Um, it's it's really stunning that that kind of thing is happening all the time now when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that that we're able to find that balance. And people's lives are being extended. Um, yeah. So. Medical science is a miracle. 
It really is. It's it's amazing the things that we can do. Um, Dr. Bernard died of a heart attack, um, but uh, or, or they stated that he died of a heart attack, but he actually died because of a severe asthma attack in 2001. Oh, God, yeah, that's so, terrible. Yeah, he was 78 years old. Yeah, that's that's what um, um, killed uh, Scotty Pippen's 33-year-old son recently was uh, severe asthma. So, yeah, that's horrible. I, You know, it's funny. Of all the ways to die, to me, that is one of the worst. And maybe, maybe in my mind, because I was a swimmer for so many years and coached swimmers, the idea of not being able to breathe. Like, I used to have nightmares of being underwater and drowning because I was in a pool, right, all the time. Uh, I lived in a, at the pool. And, and to me, that would be just the worst thing is, like, you can't get a breath, you know. Um, I had a family member who had COPD um, in their in their elder years, and breathing was a chore, and it was difficult, and no energy because you can't get oxygen in your lungs. And to me, that's just the worst. I mean, there's there's terrible things, you know. I mean, there's Alzheimer's, and there's lots of bad ways to, you know. I liked uh, was it I think Tyrion Lannister said, you know, when when asked in uh, Game of Thrones, how do you want to die, and he said. Uh, I can't repeat all of it, but essentially it was, you know, at, at a very old age, in bed with, a, with, with wine and women around me or something like that. But I'm paraphrasing because it was, not, you know, it's not appropriate for... Because <laughs> it was Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, not everybody gets to, to, you know, nobody gets to pick the way, right? So um, It's true. Yeah. And I'm not afraid of death. I am afraid of dying. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, so meaning I, I, I'm comfortable with where I'm going next, but dying, I don't want, I, I, you know, dying is going to hurt. <laughs> exactly. Hurt. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big baby when I stub my toe. I can't imagine. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm really sad for Scotty Pippen. I, you know, losing your child, yeah. you, you never want, you never want to, for your child to go first. Is yeah, is that's like talk about nightmares. That's every parent's like nightmare, right? Is that that you you know losing a child? That's just that's that's just it is so not the natural order of things, and it just it's it's you know it's just terrible. I mean, and and it, you know, and his child was thirty three years old, but he's still his baby. You know, it's still yeah. his. You know, I mean, you you never forget when you first hold that little child and. And, and those moments, you know, you, you brought them up and, and, you know, taught them to play catch and, you know, how to spell cat and, and red, red, uh, um, you know, cat in the hat or, you know, it, you just those those things stick with you. And and uh, to lose a child is just a terrible thing. So um, but once again, our hearts go out to the Pippin family for that loss. Um, you know, they didn't say whether his son was married and had his own kids or anything so i don't know i mean he was 33 so it's very possible um but that article that i read today. was he a, a basketball coach i know that he couldn't play because of his asthma was yeah. he did he I, work in the because he was you said he was really good yeah and i don't know i don't know what uh you know they did, there wasn't a whole whole lot of um detail about it let me see if i can find out a little bit more is it Antron Pippen? Yeah, here's an article from CNN. See what it says about Antron. Uh, okay, so Antron played basketball in college, shared many of his father's professional dreams, was his first of Pippen's children. Um, uh, yeah, let's 
is uh let's see boop, 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 boop. yeah uh went to south georgia technical college uh another season at texas a&m texas guy from your neck of the woods uh yeah it doesn't say anything about what uh antron did as like uh you know um what, what his career was and, and, and what his family was. They just talk a little bit about his history and his relationship with his dad and how close they were. So, yeah, what a terrible loss. So, um, anywho, so um, we had a bunch of other stuff on the on the docket that we didn't even get to because we basically uh, talked about how awful Maxine Waters has been behaving. So, so uh, yeah, I, yeah, and she's always been one that spouts off. She she's says, been that. I mean, you know, she's eighty years old. She ain't going to change. But yeah. No, but but and you know every every Republican president always needs to be impeached from her perspective. Right. I think she has said that at least once under every administration. I'm sure. Every Republican administration. Yeah. And she's she's just she's just that kind of person. She's, right. Yeah. She's not going to change. Well, before you before you had gotten on the air here, I was saying that you know if anybody was upset and blaming President Trump for inciting violence and insurrection then they should be just as upset at her inciting violence and insurrection because from the right or from the left, it's not acceptable. You know, it's well, just it's and inappropriate. The Republicans in Congress tried to censure her, and, and um, uh, the, the Democrats blocked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, anytime you have an elected official, I believe in free speech, but anytime you're an elected official, you have specific responsibilities. And and I think that you should be held accountable for for uh, inappropriate and unsafe behavior. And I think that, uh, um, you know, threatening to to, you know, threatening violence and riots if you don't get your way in a in a in a legal um, uh, proceeding, you know, is is just inappropriate on so many levels. Let the law play out after it has played out then you can act, you know you can talk about how you're going to behave but influencing it with threats is so un- unacceptable and how anybody could believe that that would be an appropriate um, way to react and, and how how they keep electing somebody like that to office is is beyond me um, you know um, but to be fair i mean i you know if you want to flip it around the other way you know i think that things that president trump said on a regular basis on twitter were inc- incredibly inappropriate for a an elected official to be saying as well um you know i think that too many of our elected officials you know ted cruz has said some things that just make me cringe um it's like you guys are elected officials you're representing our country start behaving like it grow up um you know, I mean, if this is the best we can get as leaders of our country, then, yeah, we're in trouble. We need to do better. Yep. We need to do we better need more as, a, of Ron as a society. So, I, I am a big fan of Ron DeSantis. And, uh, He's we need the more uh, of governor him. of Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I listen to him speak, I think he, he you know, honestly, I, I, I can very easily see him setting himself up to run for president. Um, Yep, um, I'd vote I, for him in a heartbeat. And I think he has uh, put together a, although he was certainly attacked by the left early on, I think that, you know, it's he, he's put together a record that is one that he can stand on and say, hey, look, you know, all said and done, I kind of made the right decisions and I'd do it again. And that's kind yep. of kind of what he was saying actually this weekend on some of the talk shows. Um, so, uh, yeah. 
So I, you know, I wonder, so whenever a Republican is doing well, not whenever, but often when Republicans are doing well, the, uh, the, uh, the left will scrape up some sex scandal. They'll find some woman to make some unfounded, uh, accusation against, against Mm -hmm. the Republican, um, you know, whether it's a Supreme court nominee or, or whatever. And, uh, I wonder if that's going to happen to Ron DeSantis where they, you know, find some woman who's willing to lie. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that if that happens to see if they can tarnish tarnish him. But you know, it says something when a a very uh, prominent professed liberal comedian comes out and and favorably c- compares him to the governor of New York. You know, I mean, Bill Maher basically yeah. this last week put both their faces up on the screen and said. Well, he did a lot better than this guy, and he puts up the New York you know, <laughs> Cuomo, who, 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 as it's coming out, was you know making decisions that were killing elderly people and and then hiding the fact. Um, yeah. I mean, how how he's not being charged, you know, and and, and I, mean, I guess there are some some um, um, charges that are are pending. They haven't actually made them yet, but um, you know, some of his decisions are you know, if not actually criminal, should be. Um, yes. You know. Yes. Yes. You know, if Deciding I had, to, to to send sick elderly patients back into nursing homes. Yeah. If uh, if, so if I had a, if I had a, an elderly family member in a nursing home in the state of New York, I'd be filing suit against that bozo right now. Yep. You know? Um it's like you're, you're trying to kill my family, you jerk. Um you know, these decisions have consequences. Um so now there's a whole new reason for you to retire in Florida, right? Because <laughs> the governor doesn't exactly. try to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and we thought it was just the weather. So uh, the Great yeah. California Exodus was one of the articles that you had put up from the National Review talking about people packing it up and saying, you know what, we're tired of the taxes, we're tired of the uh, the the lack of job opportunities we're tired of stepping over the homeless to get to work uh we are just tired of california we've had it let's move to arizona and melt yes well <laughs> yeah a lot of them are going to or texas Florida, actually or texas yeah yeah or some of them are going to nevada all these are melty places texas, yeah Why? Florida, nevada, what, is the, what is the deal with that let's go to the most <laughs> inhospitable place on the planet and pitch our tent <laughs> Yeah, I don't but, quite understand. Yeah, that. I, and the thing about it, this, the 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 people on the left have been very smug in their "well, don't let the door hit you on the way out" attitude for people who have who have left California because become living here has become untenable. Yeah, you know, and if I lived in Los Angeles, for example, we talked about on the radio show all the homeless people and um, you know the 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 the, the depth of the problem uh, in Los Angeles, you know, paying high taxes. Um, you know, having a high cost of living, uh, living under all kinds of regulation. You know, when they when the BLM riots were going on, um, they uh, they gave, put a curfew on regular citizens uh, to you know so the BLM people could go out and do their thing. You know, the and Antifa yeah. and all of that, the ones who wanted to break. Things. Hey, you peaceful people, you're not allowed out. But you crazy folks who want to want to uh, you know burn the city down and, and loot the stores, come on down. <laughs> Right. Exactly. And so why would I why would I put up with that? Yeah. I And people aren't. They're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I we, Tobin and I know so many people who are in, you know, 
some of them got out earlier, but people who have been leaving California over the years uh, going to, one of them just went to South Dakota, but we also have uh, people Why? who've gone to Montana and <laughs> Idaho and Missouri and yeah. There's so many beautiful places, places around the country where you can live, and it's great, and it's cheaper to live, and and you don't have half the hassles, and and or the traffic, and you go okay, you know. And it's funny because I think if you live in California, especially if you've lived here a long time, um, you you think oh that's just part of living, you know, and you just deal with it. But then you go visit somewhere else, and you're like, huh. You know, and while you're there, you maybe yep. you know get on Zillow and see what the cost of living, you know, what what a house costs, and you're like, huh. There's another way to do this. I read an article. Um, it's been a couple months, so forgive me if the numbers aren't exactly right. But it was um, talking about employees at Apple, and during COVID, obviously they haven't been able to go into work, and so um, there was like, it was a pretty high number. It was like twenty percent of them had. Uh, just moved out of state and they're living somewhere else cheaply and banking more money. And so a lot of them are living in, you know, just went and got a, a month to month lease in, in Texas and in Arizona and Colorado. And, and, you know, if you're going to be locked down, might as well be locked down somewhere where you can look out and see something pretty and uh, you can't go into work. So that, you know, why does it have to be in, in the place that you, you know, normally live? And so, um, uh, you know, which I know we've we've talked about it, but I, I wonder how many companies are going to, as things open back up, say, well, you know, hey, Mr. Employee, do you really want to come back into the office? Things seem to be going okay. You know, maybe you, maybe you live a few months of the year here and a few months of the year there and you just, you know. In fact, companies might even get to the point where they say, well, you know what, we'd rather than, than paying a lot of money out for a big office. We'll have a small office with some meeting rooms when we have to get together. And instead we'll, we'll, uh, we'll buy company condos all around the country, all around the world that we know we'll have really, that, you know, we'll, we'll pay to get really good uh, uh, internet connections into all of them. And then you can, you know, either we'll give you that as part of your, your uh, package and you can, spend a few months in one and then spend a few months in another or or you can you know rent them from us if you want to stay somewhere longer and we'll, we'll spend our money that way and give our employees great places to live yeah you know especially if you're young and don't have kids you can pick up and move whenever you know if you've got kids you probably want to keep them in school but again it, you know this past year and and i think more people are learning that some kids work fine online some kids it's not working for but some kids had had you know did fine, and if you happen to have kids who did fine, it doesn't really matter where you pitch your tent because you can take school online and and you know hey spend a few months in France in the you know in the countryside spend a few months in Australia spend a few months in you know uh, well you probably don't want to go to Brazil because apparently according to our news everybody in Brazil is sick and turning into a zombie but uh, um, <laughs> you know you might want to you know but you know. Canada, Montana, Arizona, you know, pick a place that's beautiful and different and go live there for a while. Um, it certainly creates a much more mobile society, um, you know, and I think we've seen it's possible, you know. I think that, you know, if I was starting my career and looking for a company to work for, I would consider that. I would say, well, you know, what does your company have in terms of opportunities for me to work remotely and live other places because I wouldn't mind doing that. You know, I don't know that I'd want to do it for long term. I don't want to pack up and move out of the country 
for years on end, but it might be fun to live somewhere for a few months, you know, and you really want to get to know a country, don't visit them on a, on a, you know, on a vacation pass, go live there for a while, you know, live in the Scottish Highlands for a few months. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. Of course, you know, you know I haven't, I haven't working. lived through a Scottish winter. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's true. Uh, so, <laughs> so you bundle up and, uh, and, uh, and you start learning to drink your whiskey warm. Yeah, you know, I I know that I wouldn't want to pay pay you know uh, sale uh, income tax rather in two states, and that's the thing if you yeah if you're doing that. So you so you so you go to a place where they only have income tax uh, federal income tax. tax. So exactly or no yeah, and so you go to um, Florida, you go to Texas. Nevada. Go to Nevada. Yeah, there's states out there. Arizona, I think, doesn't have any state income tax either. Definitely don't want to be there in the winter, though. Uh, but, you know, there's people who love in that Arizona? Place. <laughs> don't want yeah. to be there in the summer. Alaska is what I said. Did I say Arizona? I thought I said Alaska. You said Arizona. Okay. I meant Alaska. Uh, Alaska. Because I, I think Arizona does have state taxes, but Alaska doesn't, to my re- recollection. Um, but... Uh, yeah, you know, it, yeah, you're right. There, there's issues involved, right? Understandably, there's issues involved, but um, um, you know, it's it's a maybe restructuring of how we think of our work life and and how society, you know, interacts. Um, but I think it's very doable, very doable. So, anywho, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. I don't know. I'd have to pack up my shack out back. I, I could put the whole thing on a trailer and make it like a, a tiny home. There you go. <laughs> the shack out rolling. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I, I, this is a one party state in California. I don't yeah. foresee our politics getting any better. Um, I think the whole thing would have to collapse on itself for anything to change um, because the people who would vote differently are leaving, you know, yeah. or have left. Yeah. So if we've had enough. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Part of the problem is, and this is, I think, the thing that a lot of people think about, too, is like, yeah, I wouldn't mind leaving, but, you know, my family's here. You guys are here. My in-laws are here. One of my daughters is left, and the other one's on the other end of the state, so she might as well be, you know, in a different state. You know, California's big. In most states, if she lived as far away as she does, she would be in a different state. <laughs> but not in California. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know, what holds you to a place, right? Work and family? Work and family. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. So did you see pictures of that Tesla that apparently was uh, in full self-driving mode and drove off the road and crashed into a tree and caught on fire and they couldn't put it out? Yeah, it was gruesome. It was. It was. Apparently the fireman called Tesla and said, what do we do with this thing? We can't get this fire out. And they said, let it burn out. Because lithium-ion batteries have oxygen embedded in them. And so water won't put them out. You can't smother them because they have their own oxygen. They will keep burning. Um, you have to. The only way to put out that kind of a fire is with 
you know, specialty chemicals, which tells me that I think we're going to have to start making sure that uh, our fire departments are equipped to put out lithium-ion battery fires as we get more and more electric cars out on the road. Because, um, you know, I mean, they're rare, but they happen. And when they happen, you can't just dump a bunch of water on it. It doesn't do anything. Uh, you know, I mean, it keeps the flames from from catching something else on fire, but it doesn't put out the fire. It'll just keep burning. It can burn underwater. So, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Something really weird about that, too, though, in that um, they said that one person was in the back seat and one person was in the passenger seat. The uh, the the self-driving mode, uh, Tesla has come out and said that the car that was in question had not been upgraded to the full self-driving mode. So it didn't even have that mode. And further, Tesla's required that somebody be in the driver's seat or it won't work. I mean, you can't be sitting in another seat and do... So I don't know what's going on there. Something strange here. Some investigating has to be done. So I, I'm just thinking, how drunk were they? Yeah. And, you know, and one guy was like mid-50s and the other guy was mid-60s and they're going out tooling around in their Tesla and, you know, nobody's driving? That doesn't make any sense at all. And and all of those driver assistance programs, you know, just like some cars when you're, you know, they have the um, airbags that release at different uh, intensities based on the weight of the person. And you and if there's no nobody there, then the airbag won't release because you can get injured by an airbag. Um, you know, so they have a sensor in the seat. Well, there's a sensor in the driver's seat. If nobody's in the driver's seat, it won't go into auto drive mode, not going, to, you know, driving at highway speeds. Um, I mean, they do have that sort of it'll find you in the parking lot thing and come to you, but that's it, you know, creep along speeds in a parking lot. Um, so, so do you think maybe there was a driver that fled the scene? I don't know if there was a driver that fe- fled the scene, or you know, maybe the back guy, the guy who was in the back seat, was in the front seat and got thrown to the back seat. But usually, if you hit something head on, you get thrown forward, not backwards. So, it just right. it puzzles me. I don't understand. You know, and who goes out riding with their friend and one of you gets in the front seat and one of you gets in the back seat? Nobody. That doesn't make any sense. There's just so many things about this that make no sense to me. Um, you know, now I do know that Tesla and, and I don't know what the status of it is, but Tesla's have I mean, all uh, all newer vehicles have like a black box, very much like airplanes. Tesla's is is a very comprehensive black box because they have all kinds of sensors, you know, on the outside of the car to do the the driver assist and the what they call full self-driving, which, frankly, I think they should be sued into not using that term because it's, it's not full self-driving. It's just a more advanced driver assist. Um, you know, but their marketing department is misnaming it. But anyhow, um, you know, I, I, they're going to be able to get a lot of information from that. And because their cars are, um, you know, connected via cellular network all the time, even if the the box itself were damaged, a lot of that information gets sent up to the cloud immediately anyway, and so there there they'll there'll be a lot of tracking down, and then the NTS, NTSB, you know, will further sit down and look at what's going on. But apparently, the thing never break braked or anything. I mean, it drove off the road and into a tree without ever slowing down. I wonder if they're going to find a driver who ejected. Um, you know, as it was going into a tree, you know, yeah. like the, or like before it was as it, you know, before it went off the road or as it went off the road and yeah. that he is battered and bloody somewhere, you know, yeah, I, I wonder. Yeah. You know, it just, there's, 
It just the, 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 it doesn't add up. With the information we have right now, it doesn't add up. Something's not right. You know? Uh, I mean, maybe the guy who was in the passenger seat was in the driver's seat and, and because of the accident got tossed over to the other side of the car. But, but was you know, he belted in? Yeah, I mean, that's the, the other thing is, yeah, if you're wearing a seatbelt, that doesn't happen, you know. And if airbags go off, you know, you're you're pretty much held in place. Too many questions here. This is bizarro, you know. A guy in the passenger seat and a guy in the back seat. And apparently the car was driving itself for fun and did a bad job of it. That's sort of the story that they're telling us. And it, it just doesn't add up, you know. No. And then when Tesla comes back and says, well, the car didn't have full self-driving. So what, what do you mean that the car was driving itself? <laughs> they didn't have that option. So, you know, what, I, mean, I, I wonder if it was Tesla's. hacked. Oh. You know, it's connected to the Internet wirelessly. What if somebody had hacked into the the control software and uh, and taken over the car? And how would they be able to track that down? That's a terrifying thought, Todd. Isn't it? I mean, if you've got a car that's basically a rolling computer, a la Tesla... It can get hacked. So what happens if you're driving down the road and suddenly it starts doing what it wants to and you don't have any control over it because somebody else has taken control of the car? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I'm going to be yeah, real I, interested I'm to see how this plays out. I'm like, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> it's terrifying. It really is. I mean, you know, on lots of different levels. So I, I, I really, really want to know about this one, you know? Because I'm one of those people, you know, I'm, I'm a technologist. I, I like technology. And I realize that emotionally people don't like the idea of a car driving itself. But even today, right now, the auto drive technologies are safer than the average human being driving the car. It's just that when, when a car that's driving itself, you know, does get in an accident, it's big news because it's a rare thing. But, you know, in the time between the last time a self-driving car was in an accident... And, and the next time it has an accident, there's going to be thousands of accidents where people were driving cars and made bad choices. Um, you know, if you look at per miles driven, auto driving is, is already better than human beings. It's just that we're not psychologically ready to accept it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a fan of that stuff. But there are some concerns, you know, some real concerns. Um, yeah definitely something yeah, to follow. Yeah, the thought of it being hacked actually sounds like a pretty reasonable uh, yeah. theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know if the area they were in was an area where there would be like, you know, strong signals or, or somebody that could have been, you know, you know, like remotely tied into it or do you even need to, I mean, it's, if it's attached to the internet in some way through a cellular network, I guess the guy could have been sitting somewhere in China or something and done it, which is even more scary. You know, I mean, you don't and, and I'm not blaming anybody in China. I'm just so before we go there, I'm not I'm not trying to. Uh, no, you just picked a faraway destination. Yeah, I picked some place, you know, I could say North Korea or, you know, uh, somewhere that where where they're, you know, as a society, we know that they have been doing hacking in, in um, at the corporate level. Right. There have been corporate hacks that have been uh, originated in China and North Korea. So that's why I picked those places. But uh, I'm not picking on anybody or any any people. I'm just saying, you know, could have been somebody in Wyoming. Either way, it's terrifying to think that, you know, they weren't even 
you know, in the area. Somebody somewhere on the planet hacked into a computer that turned out to be a Tesla and two guys lost their life as a result. And I don't know that that's what happened, but it certainly sounds possible, doesn't it, given what we're hearing? Yeah, it, because it's so bizarre. Yeah, and maybe the guy who was in the front seat lost control of the car so and he couldn't get his door open, so he crawled into the back seat to see if he could get out that way. Oh, maybe. And then the car swerves and hits a tree and they're all dead. Mm. Oh, my God. This sounds God. like a Stephen King movie. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, or a Michael really, Crichton. Really Michael Crichton was sort of of that same ilk, but more sci-fi-ish, you know, rest in, rest in peace. But, uh, yeah, it does sound like some weird sci-fi <laughs> movie that's horrifying. So it's like when, when, when uh, science goes wrong. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yeah, let's wow. hope that. Let's hope that that's not the case. But, yeah, I'm, I, I'm real interested to see what goes on. So, um Let's see what the heck is going on here. Yeah, okay, we already talked about the homeless people in Los Angeles and Skid Row. Must be offered housing by the fall. Oh, okay. It didn't say they had to have housing. It just said they had to offer it. So you can walk okay, by. Okay, but where? So, so what they'll, well, they don't have to, you know, they'll walk, you know, have have a police officer or, or a, a social worker walk through downtown L.A. going, you want a house? Want a house? You want to live in a house? Want to live in a house? Okay, but, but Todd, again, they were offered. Let, let's say if, I mean, I suppose they'll make an assumption that a certain percentage will say no, but they have to, if they offer them a house they, and, they, and they're taken up on that offer, um, then they have to put them somewhere. It doesn't say how long that process has to be, though, but they do have to put them somewhere. Does, did, did, the, did the ruling actually say that they had to then provide it if the person accepted the offer? Or could they just say, do you want a house? And then walk on. There, you've, you've now met the letter of the law. You offered it. Okay, well... I'm being a jerk, I know. <laughs> you can say it. You can say uh, it. Yeah, I have no answer for that, because yeah. that would be pretty underhanded. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, welcome to Politics 2021. <laughs> the person offering the house also has a t-shirt on that on the back says, everything is stupid. Uh, the Indonesian Navy has lost contact with the submarine. There were 53 aboard. That's scary. Yeah. You know, is that the one where they, they might be in the Mariana Trench? Um, I'm trying to see if they says where they're at or where they think they were. Uh, preparing for weapons training exercises in the waters north of Bali. It was a German-built KRI Nangala 402. It went into service in the early 80s, and it failed to re relay results of the exercise as expected. Indonesian's military chief... Hadi Tijahaja Jajanoto. I forgive my, I have no idea. It's T J A H J A N T O. So it ends with Janto or Hanto. Jajanto? I don't know. Um, said they're seeking help from Australia and Singapore for searching for survivors. So they're already assuming that, that they're searching for survivors. They said that the area that it went down in the seafloor is about, uh, there's a trough of about 2,300 foot deep. And so, um, uh, it it's pretty deep water. Yeah, so, um, well, I hope that they are mistaken, that they find that the submarine's fine, that something happened to its radio you know, equipment, and that, that it's just a communications error, and they find everybody okay, because that would be the best outcome, I think. Yeah. Wow, how terrifying. Yeah. 
Yuppers. You know, I, I had a friend in high school who joined the Navy, and he he was on a nuclear sub. And you got to feel like the U.S. nuclear subs are probably safer than other places. But you know, we've lost subs in in the history too, in history. And uh, it's kind of a scary thing to think that you know you're under that much water. Again, goes back to my nightmare of like you know being in the water, not being able to breathe. Right. Uh, that was one of my nightmares. The other nightmare that I used to have regularly was uh, a helicopter crashing on me. And then when they when that uh, what Vic Morrow died when making that movie, when a helicopter crashed on him, it's like that was my nightmare. It was literally that was. Oh it. my god! And it was like oh my gosh. Yeah. Hmm. I faced my fears though. I went up in a helicopter and 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 leaned out the door and took pictures of. Uh, uh, the high school I was teaching at that time, they was there celebrating their 40th anniversary at Orange Lutheran High School, and uh, and they all the kids were given you know school color t- T-shirts, and they went and stood out on the field and made a big four zero right on the football field, and then I and another guy flew up over that in a helicopter, and I took pictures and took some video of them all standing out there on the field, um, and uh, that was terrifying for me. I remember them telling me, oh, don't worry, you'll be all strapped in, you know, you'll be fine. And I'm expecting, like, this five-point harness, and I get there, and the guy's got a seatbelt. That was the strap-in to hold me in the helicopter. And he and, he wow. says, and I took the doors off so you guys can get a good shot. So we're, we're 1,000 feet in the air in a helicopter with a seatbelt and no doors. Yeah, I didn't feel safe. <laughs> Not at no, all. That's, no, I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> I'm but sure I did you it. Didn't wow! You faced, faced your fear in a big way. Yeah. I, I, the only time that I have really not the only time, but the time that I really faced my fear, um, I think the one that sticks out the most is um, I'm I'm afraid of of heights, um, and uh, I went rappelling, and we were mm-hmm. you know standing on a uh, a sheer the the top of a sheer cliff, uh, you know seventy five feet in the air or whatever it was, and. Uh, taking that first step was really really scary I imagine. but i did it anyway yeah there's a lot of things like that that once you face up and you like you know you understand that the actual risk is not that high but it just feels incredibly uncomfortable to do it and then when you're done yes. you go like oh i feel good about myself i'm glad i was able to do that you know i faced it and i did it but you know and i was uh, never in any danger and you were never yeah. in any danger but it you know, I mean, barring something horrible happening to the to the to the gear that each of us had, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's still your your fear is real. Yeah, yeah, yep. Hey, were you a fan of Meatloaf? Did you ever like his talk about power ballads? Mm, not really. I mean, I I don't know. I never I never bought any of his music, yeah. but if it was on the radio, I didn't turn it off. Yeah. I sometimes turn it off. I was never a particular fan of Meatloaf, and there was a time when his, you know, his his Bad Out of Hell album was like the hottest album in the world. I mean, it was just he, it was you know, just everybody it was it was on all the time. It was just it was on fire. A lot of those songs were either written by or co-written by Jim Steinman, and he just passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was seventy three, um, and he was collaborator with meatloaf mr loaf so wow well we are out of time oh come on i want to end on something happier than than jim steinman passing away hey 
he had the a nice life. The Lyrid meteor shower peaks on April 22nd. Go out at night and you'll see falling shooting stars. Uh, um, it started already. It'll peak tomorrow. Uh, go out after dark if you're somewhere where it's clear. And ye shall see shooting stars. Enjoy. How's well, that that's for perfect. Something more that's enjoyable perfect. to do on, on a warm spring night. So um, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your listening. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.